Amen. Well, tonight is Wednesday, November 7th, 2018. And the title of my message is Married to Your Work. Married to Your Work. And I want to kind of pick up where our brothers Judah and Nick left off on Sunday. Who was blessed by that word on Sunday? My goodness. Man, if you've been kind of in tune to what the Spirit has been saying, he's been calling us to assess what we're building upon. He is calling us and commissioning us to build and restore the very kingdom of heaven. How exciting is that? Amen. And where I'm picking up, where they left off, is in 1 Kings 6-7. So turn with me to 1 Kings 6-7. Ha, amen. In the building, the temple, only blocks dressed at the quarry were used. No hammer, chisel, or any other iron tool was heard at the temple site while it was being built. Man, how about that? That is a very sobering scripture. When I first heard that scripture, I was like, oh, man. What am I doing right now? What am I doing right now to make sure that I'm being fitted and dressed to fit in the very temple of God? Right? See, this quarry that he's painting a picture of and what I was seeing is discipleship. It's discipleship because when we finally get to, a, to the point where we're being brought up to the temple, there's absolutely no more tools that can chip away any of the things that needed to be gone To be in the presence of God. I mean, think about that. There's absolutely no tool heard, right? So think about what we're seeing here. We're seeing a a stone that is being carried to a very temple. And by the time it gets there, what if it doesn't fit? What if it's not dressed properly? Oh, man. Yeah. So I was immediately reminded, I was like, oh man, this sounds very familiar. Uh, Turn with me to Matthew 22, verse 11 through 14. But when the king came to see the guest, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked How did you get here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. How about that? How about that? God is looking to fit us into a temple so that we can be in the presence of a king and son. And if you are not fitted, and if you are not dressed, chiseled at the quarry, guess what? You're unfit to be in the presence of the king. The very temple of God that dwells among us. We are being built into that temple. Amen? Amen. This quarry represents discipleship. And And how we respond to discipleship will show up in the ways our disciples are formed. It's a way of life. The way we respond to discipleship in this quarry 
is how our disciples are going to end up looking and are being formed. What we're building upon is a way of life that is Christ Jesus. And how we respond to being built up will show up in the work of our hands. There is a way of Cain also at work, though. And Brother Judah touched on that. Yeah, there's a, there's a way of Cain that's at work. And it, it is determined to destroy discipleship and the priestly brotherhood. Turn with me to Genesis 4, 4 through 5. Are y'all tracking with me? Yeah? Amen. Here we're going to see the way of Cain that's been, that's, that leads many brothers astray. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain, his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Man, here we see what God is after. He's looking at the man first, right? He's looking at the man first and he's seeing what is coming out of this man. His work is producing, right? And what his hands are working at, his sacrifice shows. So we see where God is looking at the condition of a man and out of the condition of the, out of the man, the work of his hands will show the fruit and your sacrifice will be right. And see, let's keep going though. Let's go to uh, uh, Genesis 4.7, 4.17. And see, when, we, when we're looking at this, this, the man and his condition and then what he puts his hand to, we see that spirit and that way of Cain, that, that, that way of Cain that really despises righteous brotherhood, you know? Uh, and you see what Cain ends up building. Cain made love to his wife, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. Cain was then building a city, and he named it after his son Enoch. Yeah. We see a man who was commissioned with his brother to subdue the earth and fill it with the glory of God's kingdom. Both of them. They both had their own work, but they had one purpose. And that very spirit of Cain or the spirit of the evil one since the beginning was such at work with him that sin destroyed the very brotherly priesthood that was supposed to bring glory to the earth. So we see here, we're moving on. I'm building upon something here. We see a city now being formed. We see city now gathering around himself. People, man, people that are just like-minded, people that are just like-minded, just like him. And the culmination of that is in Genesis 11. And when you get to verse 4, say, there when you get there. I'm getting there too. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. Wow, look how far we've fallen from now. The Lord asked us to go out and subdue the earth. Now we've got a whole city and even a tower that's built upon just encampment encampment that is 
escaping the realities of their purpose, escaping the very thing that they were purposed to do. It's, it's incredible. But let's get to verse five. But the Lord, somebody say, but the Lord. Amen. Came down to see the city and the tower that the men were building. Man, this is, this is a beautiful thing to me. It might be uh, difficult to those who are not building on the name of God, but this is a very beautiful thing. I felt like in that one association conference, God himself, and through a prophecy from Treaster also, confirming it here, sent a man with a measuring line to test what we were building, to test what we were building upon. And that's a good thing because now how many of us have gone back? And if you haven't gone back to assess your foundation, you need to. And if you haven't, then you're deceived and you need to get a pastor and you need to get a brother and you need to help them take laps around your foundation to see where the cracks are. Amen. Amen? Because there is an assessment that's needed, an honest assessment about what we're building upon. We're not building some common project here, guys. We're not building some common project building or some common uh, plan. This is God's temple that's worthy of his name being written on it, right? But the Lord, amen. See, we have received a great commission to go and make something that can bear the glory of God's name. And that should be exciting. That should be exciting, This is not some common project, okay? So um, let's keep going in Genesis 11, 6. This is what happens when we no longer build on God's name. And we start building upon our name, right? The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so that they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. Oh, saints, saints, has the Lord halted any progress in the things that you're putting your hands to work in? Are you finding confusion in your marriage? Are you finding the very works of your hand, getting to a place where you just, you really don't know what you're doing. Maybe he's uh, came down and assessed what you're building and said, hey, man, I'm really going to just halt this until you get it right. I'm telling you, that's exactly what what he did in my house. This is exactly what he did on my ride from the One Associate Conference. He's like, what are you building on? What are you building on? Yeah, it was sobering. We need to examine ourselves so that, we, so that our work can be effective in the work of God. We need to examine ourselves so that the very work can be effective and that we could provide the right sacrifice. This reminds me of Psalm 127, and I think it was on the board for last Sunday. So through the Holy Spirit, it's coming out tonight. So, so Psalms 127.1 says this. Tell me when you get there. Are y'all tracking? <laughs> Speaking of the lighthouse, yeah. 
Amen. Ethan, are you there? Amen. <laughs> Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. Man, how about that? Man, if we're not building on the name of God and his word, it's destined to be scattered. It's destined to be destroyed. It's destined to be nothing but a heap of confusion. It's un- you can't even understand it. You don't even understand where you're going. You're lost. You're lost. So this reminds me of a time when I was lost. Yes. <laughs> See, about three years ago, I used to work with Peyton. Peyton Parsons over there. And, uh, oh, man, uh, this was BC. And, man, I was, you know, I had this bright idea. Oh, man, I'm going to go ahead and uh, start a, a nonprofit um, organization that is going to motivate young kids to be better, to be a good champion, you know? <laughs> and um, I just got the very masuza of my household, and I didn't even know this. And I'm showing all this work, this meticulous work that I put in in my business plan. And mind you, I haven't seen Peyton in a long time. And when I first saw him, he wasn't the way I saw him on this day on this day, right? Uh, On the day that I decided to bring my work out into the light. Uh, He says, hey, brother. Oh, man. I mean, he didn't even skip a beat. He was just letting me go on and on and on, flipping through my pages. And he said, hey, without skipping a beat, hey, um, if if, if God is not building this, it's going to fail. Like right in my face. I mean, right in my eye. Looked me dead in in my face and said, if God is not building this, it's going to fail. And man, I didn't know what confusion, I mean, uh, conviction was. I was irritated. I was, <laughs> I was like, man, why did that, why is all this hurting? Why is, this is a good thing. It's a 501c3 charity. You can donate on the website that Caleb is building soon. <laughs> no, but um, he, he definitely told me. That it was going to fail. And man, what was bizarre about that, that it, it struck me even then. It struck me even then how powerful that was because I actually had to assess what he was talking about. Every conversation after that led to Jesus and it led to conversations with Peyton. And through careful and gentle instruction, I'm here. And through his obedience, amen, my whole family is being saved. Yeah. So that was a, basically, he, he fleeced out a Gamaliel's test, you know? He fleeced out a Gamaliel's test out of Acts 5, 9. But if it's from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. And I was determined from that day to be like, hey, if you're going to come against me, you're going to come against God. Yeah. And so um, the lighthouse was birthed, and amen. We're still, that's a working project. So uh, <laughs> we're building something there. Uh, but, what it, but, but what it did was it gave me a sober assessment of my household and what I was building on. I was definitely building on sand at that point. I was definitely building on sand, and I did not get anywhere deep enough to be building on rock. And, man, can I tell you, ever since um, from that conversation on, the shifting sands were just wrecking our household. I mean, it was crazy. And until I started digging deep into the rock, then my house started getting in right order. 
Yeah, it, it was uh, it was it was pretty intense. Uh, Genesis eleven four. Let's go back to that because we got Bible students in the house. Yeah, we do. <clears throat> We're going back to Genesis eleven four, and uh, while I was going over this, you know, I found I found something that was very interesting here. Um, the, the word tower kind of stuck out on me. Um, so when they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower. City, and ta- city is another word for encampment, right? You, it's, it's another word for encampment. But bring up the slide that shows what tower is. Tower is migdal. You see here where it says tower? But it also refers to... The word refers to a structure for someone to stand on in order to address the crowd. An elevated stage. A pulpit of wood. Oh, I mean, come on, guys. Do you see where I'm going here? Do you see where I'm going here? We don't need some crazy monstrosity that is being built up into the heavens to recognize, oh, man, that's a Tower of Babel. How many pulpits of Babels are out there right now? How many pulpits of Babels are being built right now in the name of God? And actually, it's in the name of themselves. Destined to be scattered. Destined to be destroyed. It looks like the body in the church today. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, it's, this is a crazy thing. Look at our body. Look at the church right now and see what kind of confusion is all over the place. Right? And this is what happens when you're not building on the very words of God. When you are not... Bearing up your work under the scrutiny of righteous brothers and disciplers. It's, it, this is where you go. When you're not building according to God's divine plan, our goals become constructed in selfish ambition rather than on the redemption of the world that starts from receiving discernment from a heavenly priesthood. You hear that? When we divert from God's divine plan, we lose. We lose any ambition for redemption of the world and his people and his land. But somebody say, but the Lord. But the Lord Lord saw that. Ain't that amazing? But the Lord saw that. And the Lord's purpose will prevail in the man, the land, and in his plan. So let's go to Nehemiah 8. That's Strong's number 4026. You guys got that. Nehemiah 8, 4 through 8. Say there when you're there. Ezra. Yeah, amen. Ezra the scribe stood on a high wooden platform built. Now you see that? That's the same thing as a tower. That's the same word, 4028, that's the pulpit. He stood on this high wooden platform built for the occasion. Somebody say, built for the occasion? occasion. Amen. How many of us want to be ready for that occasion? I do. And I'm talking about that very glorious occasion when we are built to this beautiful temple that is uh, where God's holy name will be written on. So beside him on his right stood Mattatiah, Shema, Ananiah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Messiah. And on his left were Padiah, Mishael, Malkajah, Hashem, 
Hashbadana, Zechariah, and Meshluam. Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God. And all the people lifted their hands and responded, amen, amen. Then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The Levites, Yeshua, Benaiah, Sherebiah, Yamin, Hakub, Shabbatiah, Hodiah, Maasiah, Kalida, Azariah, Josabad, Hanan, and Peliah instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. They read from the book of the law of God. Get this, guys. Making it clear and giving the meaning so that people could understand what was being read. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? When a pulpit is actually built on the word of God... And supported by a team. Not, man, this guy's, look at this team. When we, we think about a cord of three cannot be easily broken. This guy had a team. He had nothing. He, it was built up between a priestly, brotherly team. And, and through that, through that heavenly discernment, through that, hey, I'm going to bring this revelation and bring it to where into the light where everybody can see it was made known clear to everybody else. When the word of God is being exalted, man, it, it gathers the people together and his purposes are made clear. Man, who wants that? Who wants that? I do. Nehemiah 8, 5 through 8 says, when we examine the true condition of our hearts and we build on his word according to his plans, restoration happens for his people and his land. They were in captivity. Nehemiah is the book of the month, if you guys haven't been reading or with us. (laughs) Nehemiah has been the book of the month. And Ezra was not some some sage on the stage. He was surrounded by a team of brothers and priests that allowed God's word to be made clear. The restoration of a pulpit that was intended to bring understanding and clarity to God's redemptive plan for the world was built upon God's word and a priestly brotherhood. God's word and a priestly brotherhood. Abel and Cain, man, there was supposed to be a priestly brotherhood that just, man, that subdued it, that subdued the world and restored the fallen creation. It's... uh, But there's a spirit of Cain still at work out there. There's a spirit of Cain. So uh, turn to 1 Corinthians 3, 8, 17. 8 through 17. And you can see this. You're like, oh, well, man, Cain was so long ago. That was like a long time ago. Well, this is, we're talking about Jesus has already been crucified, resurrected. He came out and preached the word to 500 people, and this is still happening. There is still a way of Cain that is infiltrating the church, that is destroying discipleship, that is destroying the brotherhood. And it it starts off looking like this. Oh, the man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers and you are God's field and God's building. Somebody say God's field and God's building. God's field and God's See, before this, there were disciples that were jealous and quarreling over each other, talking about, hey, man, who do you follow, man? What does your work look like? 
right? Man, what does your work look like? Well, I'm a, you know, I'm a planner. You know, I, well, I water. And you see this coveting of work that's happening between each other. Oh, you're a shepherd? Well, I tend the field. And you see this spirit of Cain that, that just is being birthed or infiltrating the church. And it's still here. But, but you see, Paul, he recognizes this. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert, expert builder and someone who else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Man, who's heard Brent's preaching on that foundation? Man, was that excellent? Restoring that foundation. Restoring that foundation. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is. Because the day will bring it into light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burnt up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. Oh, church, we're not that kind of church. We're not that kind of church that just wants to escape through the flames, are we? We want to stay in the flames. We're the kind of church that says, Lord, right now, right now, would you send your fire to test what my hands are, are doing? We're that kind of body that says, Lord, I want to build with this gold, with this silver and these costly stones. Would you burn up anything that's not of you? Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? And that God's spirit lives in you. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred and you are that temple. And I keep thinking, oh, Chris, you're the temple. And I'm like, no, he's talking to the church. He's talking to, man, this spirit of Cain, it not only destroys the priestly brotherhood, but it's determined to destroy the church. It's determined to destroy his temple. How important of it, how important is it for us to kill that spirit of Cain right now on this day? Amen? See, the spirit of Cain is divisive based on selfish sacrifice aimed to destroy the priestly brotherhood. It's building with wood, hay, and straw, common materials, you know? This is not a common building project. We're not building with common materials like wood, hay, and straw. We want to build with the spirit of Abel, the spirit of God, who's aimed at restoring the priestly brotherhood through sacrificial shepherding. Amen? This is how you build with gold, silver, and costly stones. See, Proverbs 27, 21, and 23 through 24 says this. The crucible for silver... And the furnace of gold. But people are tested by their praise. Oh man, how well do you handle praise and what God is doing through you? I mean, how are you taking it in stride? Are you stopping and halting your own work so that you can say, Oh man, that's not so bad. I'm doing a pretty good job. I can kind of take it easy here. I could be idle. I could be idle. I could be disruptive. I'm doing good, right? See, we need to move away from that because his crown is on the line. 
When you go to Proverbs 27, 23 through 24, it says this. Are you guys there? Be sure to know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds, for riches do not endure forever. And a crown is not secure for all generations. Oh, man, his crown is on the line here, guys. What we're building here, what we're passing down from generation to generation is built on knowing the condition of our flocks. And it starts with us first. If we don't have the right assessment of our own condition, then it'll show up in our very work, which is our disciples, which is our family, which is our neighbors, which is whatever we're putting our hands to. See, at the One Association, uh, One Association Conference, my family and I, we re-examined what we were building on. And we prayed, or I, you know, we prayed that he would test, test everything, everything that wasn't belonging to him. And so he's showing me how I'm building now with gold, silver, and costly stones. And what that looked like in our lives. To build with gold, he revealed to me. Gold meaning part of my divine plan. Gold being divine. Anything that's not, Lord, anything that's not gold, Lord. Anything that's not a part of your divine plan, Lord, would you show me? And would you illuminate that to me? Because I want that burned. I want it to be purified. And it was, uh, it was pretty simple. It was security. It was um, my wife's job. So, Friday, Friday, we, um, my wife quit her nursing career, um, something that she, I mean, something that the Lord actually helped her get, you know, uh, when we were first, when I first came to LCM, she wasn't even a nurse, she wasn't even graduated yet, and the, the Lord allowed her to graduate and actually helped her and strengthened her to support the lighthouse when I decided to give up my own security, which was my job with Peyton. And so now the Lord is like, this is the final part of my divine plan that you're, that's not a part of you, that's not a part of me, and I want to take it from you. I want, I want it to be destroyed now. So Friday she quit her job, and that was hard. <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, and the Lord is doing something special in her right now, and I love it. I love it. Love it. It's amazing. And then he showed me, okay, silver. Like, Lord, I want to build with silver. What does this look like? What does this look like, Lord? Silver, 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 silver. Silver is, man, what am I building here that's not part of his redemptive goal? What am I building here that's not part of his redemptive goal? I was like, oh, Lord. He goes, I want your sons as part of my redemptive goal. So he took my son out of school, Cameron. He's now being homeschooled by my wife. <laughs> you know? And, I mean, these are difficult decisions, guys. These are not easy. I mean, for some of you guys, you've been walking in this, and it's been a breeze. But when I tell you, um, <laughs> I don't know. You guys make it look like a breeze. Uh, it's, this is pretty fresh. <laughs> like, I feel like he's still scraping 
anyways, yeah. So we're working on that. We're working on building with these, with gold, silver, and costly stones. So when I'm thinking about what am I building at costly stones, I'm, I'm thinking about the inquirement of the Lord here. We're talking about a umim and the thumim here, you know, these costly stones that address the ephod. And so I'm anything that I'm not building of that I haven't inquired of the Lord in, I'm letting go. And that's bringing my works before my brothers and pressing into discipleship. I mean, when my wife today, I was asking her to help me make an outline. I'm like, honey, I need to learn how to make an outline. I usually just, I don't know how to do this. You're very organized. Can you do this? But I ended up going to my brothers to help me and do that. And uh, it was a glorious thing because this revelation, this is not my revelation. This is not my word. This is a collective effort from my brothers and my leaders to help put this very word of God together so that you guys can be benefited and cut. Amen. Amen. So that's how the Lord is using or helping me build with gold, silver, and costly stones. What does that look like in your life? What are you building with that is not part of his divine plan? What are you building with that is not part of his redemptive goal? What are you building with that you're not inquiring of the Lord of? And you're not passing it through the scrutiny, through the fire of your disciples and through brother and righteous brothers. Because I'm telling you right now, that's the spirit of Cain. You're building with the spirit of Cain. And we want to build like this with the spirit of Abel and God. Amen. Because there's something that is far more beautiful awaiting for us. You see, those who are building with common materials are just, they're married to their work. They're married to their work. And that's the spirit of Cain. But those who are married to God's work is building with the spirit of Abel. Let's turn to Isaiah 62. And this is what we're aiming for. We're building something here that's beautiful here. Because of whatever we're committed to, right? Whatever work that we're committed to, it better be God's work. It better be God's work. And Isaiah 62, 3 through 5, and this is, this is important. Are you there? He says, you will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. No longer will they call you deserted or name your land desolate, but you will be called Hephzibah and your land Beulah. For the Lord will take delight in you and your land will be married as a who has a footnote here. A young man marries a maiden who has a footnote at the bottom. What does that footnote say? As a builder marries a maid and you will, your sons will marry you, your builder will marry you. We have a builder who's married to his work. Come on, guys. We have a builder who's married to his work. Are you married to his work? Because he's married to his work. He's married to his work and you're his workmanship, right? And our 
Man, our builder, man, Deuteronomy 32, 4 says this. He is perfect. All his, all his works are perfect. He is the rock. All his ways are perfect. All his ways are just. He does no wrong. That should give us hope. All his works are perfect. We will be made perfect, guys. That's a promise. If we are committed to staying in the quarry until we are perfectly fitted, perfectly dressed for this beautiful occasion, man, we will be made perfect. We will be radiant. We will be this crown that's being passed down from generation to generation that belongs to the builder. Amen? We are being prepared. We are being fitted. We are being dressed for something that is far more glorious than we can ever imagine. Revelation 21, 1 through 3. Oh man, this is beautiful, guys. Y'all ready for this? Then I saw a new heaven. A new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. How beautiful is that, saints? How glorious is that, God? How glorious is that, guys? Man, that is a beautiful... This is a wedding ceremony, and we are getting fitted with it. And, and I want to be ready. Do you guys want to be ready? Do you guys want to be prepared? On that day, on that occasion, do you want to be dressed in the fine linen that he asked you, that he's already prepared in advance for you to do? His works, his deeds, his righteous deeds before you. See, I want my family to be fitted, and they will be. In the name of Jesus, they will be. And the, and the way we'll be fitted together is asking us, asking some things. Are there areas in your life right now where you are married to your work? Married to your work. That you have allowed yourself to get so myopic that it's your field. It's your building. Because now you're building with the spirit of Cain. And today is the day to bring all that work into the light so that the fire can test and destroy every piece of wood, hay, and straw that's coming against all of his precious stones, his redemptive goals, his divine plans, his costly precious stones are there areas in your life where you've been building to reach a pulpit of Babel that oh one day if I one day win man what are you doing today what are you doing today Are there areas in your life where you'd rather build in the comfort of your own assessment? 
isolated in your own idolatrous vanity, you're building in the spirit of Cain. And you're escaping the scrutiny of your brothers. You're escaping the very cutting and dressing of the stone which will make you fitted for his temple. It's time to get right. If you're, doing, if you're building with the spirit of Cain, today's the day. It's time to get right. What difficult level of discipleship are you avoiding that is halting your progress in the kingdom? You're building with the spirit of Cain. You need to repent and say, Lord, Father, would you, would you reveal the things in my life, Lord? Would you reveal the things in my life, Lord, that is not part of your divine plan, that is not part of your redemptive goal, that is not part of your costly stones, Lord God, inquiring of you to know that I'm doing this right. So right now, I ask you guys right now to examine the condition of your hearts because the Lord's been at work and he does not have to do this. He did not have to come down with the measuring line to say, hey, these are the areas right now that I need you to reinforce. These are the areas. This is the way you're building. And man, it needs to be glorious. So Father, right now, Father, I pray, Lord God, that, Father, that the words that you have given this body, Lord, that the very words, Lord God, that you have given this body would speak to the hearts of your saints, Lord. That, Father, that we would examine our, our condition, Lord. That we would examine the very things we're building upon, Lord God. Father, would you move in this place? Father, would your fire come consume every bit of our lives, every bit of our work, Lord God, that is not of you. For we want to be fitted for your temple, or we want to dwell in your presence, Lord God. Father, you deserve a holy people, and in Jesus' name we pray.